When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Ah! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Welcome to this week's play-by-play of the Hangtime Podcast. Joining us now, comedian Chelsea Peretti, NBA All-Star Roy Hibbert. Roy is our nation's most treasured actor. He's got chops, he's got talent, and he also has three tickets to Lakers. <laughs> With your host, Galliop Anderson, stops it down behind his head. Seku Smith, Lang Whitaker, and Rick Fox. Our next guest should have been our first guest, Isaiah Thomas. How do you think you would play in today's NBA with the rules the way they are? Be honest. Uh, average 40. <laughs> we will win a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's our main man, Roderick Turner from the Los Angeles Times. Hey, too, can I say this first? <laughs> you know you when can. When I started covering the Lakers, when Rick Fox played, I had hair. They wore me out. Now it's time for the tip-off. They do have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! With six tenths of a second remaining. Hang Time Podcast, Seku Smith, from the Hang Time Blog at NBA.com. Lang Whitaker from the All Ball Blog. Rick Fox from the All World Blog. Who needs a timeout when you got Steph Curry? Oh, my God. <laughs> I flipped over to NBA TV after that game, and Rick was on the set. And yeah. I, I almost tweeted, it's one of the first times I've seen Rick Fox speechless. <laughs> he just, he just, he stole everything, bro. Yeah. He's, st- he's stealing everything. He's putting everything on pause and just, it's his world right now. That's interesting you say that, Rick. You're one of the few former players to uh, give it up, apparently. <laughs> since, since, the rest, since the rest of the grumpy used to play crowd is uh, is skeptic, somewhat skeptical. And I want to be, be clear and put this on the record. Somehow or another, our colleague Isaiah Thomas got lumped in with Oscar Robertson and some of these other people who have been critical and skeptical of uh, Steph. That's not the case. Um, I talked to Isaiah and Greg Anthony early in the year for an MVP, race to the MVP uh, story I did about Steph, and they were both glowing with praise before he really cranked it up to what he's doing now. Um, so I don't know how he got lumped into that group, but I think it's uh, it's a disservice to what he said and about uh, Steph all season long. He's been super, super um, excited and praised Steph at every turn. So he, I, I think Steph's on his way, obviously, to a second straight MVP. Um, whether or not they win the championship, which it looks like they'll go in as ob- the obvious prohibitive mm-hmm. favorite. But if he wins two straight MVPs, Rick, what what do you think 
that puts him in the pantheon of, you know, of all-time great players. Because everybody says he's only done it for a couple of years, but you give him two MVPs, that's more than Kobe. It's more MVPs than Shaq has. You know, I mean, he's got to rank up high up on your list if he gets two straight, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, well, Steve Steve Nash got two straight. Right. Yeah. Um, but the beauty of what is happening for Steph is he's also he also won a championship. Yeah. And if he wins wins another one, obviously, and he wins an MVP maybe of uh, the finals as well. Uh, Hall of Fame is obviously checked off the list right there. <laughs> And right. uh, and then you start to you, know, you see the, you see Magic's tweet the other day. Which Magic, one? Magic tweeted that if he plays like this for the next four or five years, he'll go down as the the best player we've ever seen. Yeah. And so look what what is what he's doing is incredible. What he, what what he'll be able to continue to do has us all hoping to see more of. Right. And and to Magic's point, and you know if you have Magic Johnson saying this. And giving it up this early already, right. which is look if he strings some more of these years together like this, then how do you not? I mean, when he's putting PERs up, numbers greater than Wilt and Michael, how do you not start to talk about him as the greatest ever? But that's yeah. that seems to me still to be four or five years out. What if what if he gets better? Oh my gosh! I'll say that. <laughs> well, he got better since last year. I, yeah, I mean, he won the MVP last year and yeah. came back better this season. And yeah. and what's to say he there's not some other level he can get to? What level's that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't think he'd get to the level he's Jedi. at now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he might come out with a lightsaber next year. <laughs> I mean, think about this. He's and he's playing a game that should be timeless. He's not playing an athletic above the rim. Right. necessarily you know he's not a guy who he's you're gonna say in five or six years well you know he, he just doesn't have the hops he used to have anymore <laughs> i mean he's he's shooting doing all the fundamental stuff shooting passing you figure he can do this he can keep this up or and improve upon it over the course of the next six to ten years what, what do you think clicked for him at some point where he just decided, oh, I think I'm just going to be the best player that ever lived. You know what? I don't know. I don't know, Lang. I w- Schumann and I were at the World Championships in Spain when Kyrie won MVP. Mm. Derrick Rose was on that team. Harden was the captain on that team. Steph and Clay were on the team, and Clay really stood out to me more than Steph did during that competition. Just watching him up close, seeing how well he played on both ends of the floor, how competitive he was. Steph Steph struggled a little bit. He got in foul trouble a lot. Couldn't keep some of those international point guards in front of him. Um, and then was, he comes back and has a monster season. It, you didn't see it coming I based think on that summer. On, playing on that type of team, though, isn't really his forte. Right. He doesn't have the ball in his hands all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's not kind of geared around his game the way the Warriors are. The Warriors, yeah. you know, that whole thing is – it it revolves around him. Although he didn't play last night, and they looked pretty pretty good without him last night against the Hawks. So, but but I, I think that international, it's kind of like in the All Star game. He, he, yeah. he he's not the player. He's he not is. the focus of attention necessarily. Right. Yeah. yeah, and I think that works against him a little bit in those situations. Yeah. Speaking of Magic Johnson's tweets, um, here's a, here's another knockout tweet from Magic on February twenty eighth. Kevin Durant scored 37 points against the Warriors tonight. I hope the Lakers' Jim Buss was watching because that's who we need next season. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's not tampering since Magic 
technically isn't an owner um, or if, isn't in anybody's front office. But, but could he, he couldn't be more direct uh, about what he wants to see the Lakers do. Um, what do you what do you make of the criticisms, by the way, of Steph? You know, in in the Warriors in general, uh, the Oscar Robertson. I think Steph would have put fifty on Oscar Robertson <laughs> if he played against him. Although they didn't have the three point line then, so I I, it, I wonder how that would have changed his game. Right. I mean, he, he would he have shot it from a closer? Would, would he have had to? Would you have guarded him that far out the way you do now? I don't. I don't know. It would have been interesting to see. Yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting. I mean, I don't like it when the form. You know, like the some of these retired players. Rick Fox invented the get off my lawn all stars. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put Oscar Robinson in the. He's on the team now. <laughs> I, and I'm saying I love Oscar Robinson. I don't want to disrespect him in any way. Um, but it's like, man, you got it. You have to. I mean, look, lawnmowers from the 1960s are not better than lawnmowers now. You know what I mean? Like, let's everything is is improved. You just compare yeah. Oscar Robinson to a lawnmower. No, I I'm just saying you compare the advances in everything. You know, um, you got to give it up to the technology and the advancements in nutrition, training. Did Come on, Oscar! Call, did like, you just call Steph Curry a robot? <laughs> I robot. Um, I'm I'm just saying that we can't we can't play this game like. Like these players, well, these guys nowadays are too soft. They wouldn't have handled, wouldn't have survived. You know, I hear football players saying that. Like, well, these guys nowadays, they wouldn't have been tough enough to play in my era. Dude, every lineman in the NFL now is 6'5", 300 pounds. Right. There was like four get four dudes that big 50 years ago. You know what I mean? Come on. I, I just can't, I can't fathom how somebody who's played at that level would try and poke holes in anybody who's playing at that at that elite level now. What's the what's the point of that? That's what we do. You just look like a hater, though. Yeah, yeah. I know, but that's how it works. You get old and you, you say, oh, when I was a kid, music was so much better. Or <laughs> when I was a kid, we had great television shows on. Now you're, all these kids are on their phones all day and looking at yeah. YouTube. And, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just how it works. Yeah. You should I, know that, Taker. You you got kids. You yeah, and I should know that because I'm, I'm as screen. grumpy as anybody. So <laughs> you don't have to tell me about it. <laughs> um, but let's listen to one of the former players, a former warrior, who actually has got nothing but praise for Steph Curry. Um, little sound from Rick Barry right here on, from Sirius XM Radio. What Steph is doing is, is off the freaking charts. I mean, it's beyond comprehension. And then. To make a comment, well, you know, we guard him tougher in doing that, and it'll be tougher Isaiah these days. Are you kidding me? He can get his shot against anybody he wants. I don't care who it is. I mean, yeah, and no. I don't think that necessarily the guys back in those days, yeah, he might get banged a little bit more than he does right now, but he certainly is not going to be stopped by anybody back in those days. The guy is amazing. He's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, well, takes one and no one. That's a that's one of the all-time great scores in league history talking about Steph Curry. Um, and he's got no reason to to do anything but tell you what he really thinks. Um, I mean, Rick, would he, if say you guys had a, a player with Steph's skill set on those Lakers championship teams instead of Kobe, how do you think that team would have fared with a player with his skill set in that spot? Um. Just as, I think equally as uh, successful, mm-hmm. I, I think, because of Shaq. We start with Shaq. Right. You know, we would, we would 
we would be um we'd still be in a pretty fairly good position um i don't i don't know how to answer this question other than <laughs> i only know i only know the tenacity with which Kobe played with on both ends of the floor right um i like the Kobe you know obviously played above the rim but Steph did, you know he doesn't need to play above the rim when he stretches the floor and and forces you to have to come out and guard him at 40 feet that's a that's a that's a asset as well you know yeah so i think both both are just as you would be both as successful i i personally would go with kobe that's just me but i love what i love steph curry and what he's been able to do to the game yeah i i have a question for you guys do you think the oklahoma city thunder has the best chance of knocking off the warriors in the postseason out of all the teams in the league um i thought that at the beginning of the year before Golden State was doing has been doing what they've been doing. I just thought they were deeper. I thought they had size. I thought they had speed. I thought they had scoring defensively. They, you know, right. I mean, the, what they did in the fir- in that first game, like tonight, watching them is going to be fun. I mean, I mean tomorrow night, sorry. Um, but mm-hmm. I, you know, they had they had the <laughs> had the Warriors for three quarters the other night, and they really, for the most part, had that, had that game in, until Steph Curry, uh, you know. Pulled it right from underneath them, so I, I yes, I would say yes, but I don't know. I just think the San Antonio Spurs have been under the radar so quietly all season long. They have like the seventh or eighth best all time record at this point <laughs> ever. In the, like, it's just amazing to me that they're just going under the radar. Yeah, but I would put Spurs and OKC as a two. Yes, I I think the the Thunder actually match up better with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. You know, if everybody, if all things are equal, both teams are healthy and everybody's playing. And I still don't like their chances. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think the Warriors just have this chip in them right now about refusing to let somebody beat them. Right. You know, refusing to let somebody knock them off the path that they're on. And I don't know if it's 73 wins, whatever it is, another championship, or if it's all that rolled into one big ball of energy that they're riding, but. The Thunder, to me, have a fatal flaw, and that's they can't decide who's supposed to do what in late-game situations against other elite teams. And until they figure out that kind of delicate balance, you know, everybody's talking about the the turnovers and the mistakes Durant made the other night. Mm-hmm. Well, when he wasn't out there in overtime, if you look at it, Russell Westbrook had three possessions where he came down and just threw up some absolute nonsense. Yeah. You know, with the game on the line, and nobody's even mentioning that. And and my thing is, they're not running a set or something late in a game to get either one of those guys an easy shot. They're they're reverting to like some '90s hero ball, yeah. Trying to be the team that doesn't play like that. Like the Warriors, the cool thing about the way they finished that game last week, Andre Iguodala, you know, nails two free throws. A guy who shoots 61 percent from the free throw line to send it to overtime. Then when they're in the overtime, it's not like all they're doing is letting Steph get the ball and freelance. I mean, they're running their same basic stuff and just making great shots. Right. You know, nailing big-time shots, making plays in their base offense and the same thing that they run all the time, be it with their lineup of death or whoever's on the floor. My worry for the Thunder and other teams trying to deal with the the Warriors is 
they're always trying to match the Warriors at the yeah. end of a game when the Warriors are never playing outside of their comfort zone at, at that same time. You know what I thought was, I don't know, I, you know, they have Robertson and they use him. He's sort of like Cephalosha Light for yeah. the Thunder, right? Like he's a defensive guy. Offensively, he doesn't really give you much of anything. Right. I feel like he's a weird matchup for them against the Warriors because what you need is somebody to, to guard Curry yeah. or or Thompson. Or all he, of the above. Right, and he wasn't really doing that. And then on the other end, the Warriors can put Curry on him right. and let him take possessions off, basically, defensively. And I feel like you, you almost need someone in, in that lineup that – is going to ensure that you make Curry work on both ends of the floor. Well, that, Rick, I don't know if you saw this line. I'm, I'm sure you did. That that was the big conversation during the broadcast. And like, as if, you know, Steph was going to be knocked off his, you know, off his stride because he had to guard yeah. Russell Westbrook. But if you look at the highlights, Steph made plays against basically everybody. It was Kyle Singler was trying to guard him. He embarrassed Steven Adams, but on a bunch of those plays, it was Russell Westbrook on the wrong end of him knocking down yeah. shots and making shots. And I'm I like, I tweeted during the game that Curry against Singler should come with a parental warning. <laughs> like that's just not a good matchup for the Thunder. NC 17, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, this no, I... Russell got Russell got his fair share. It was, you know, I diagrammed a couple plays that that night. Yeah. Where Russell just it gave Steph way too much space. Right didn't chase through screens, allowed himself to get buried behind big men in transition. Mm-hmm. Steph picked and chosed how to, you know, how to change direction on him and and, uh, and get switches on to big men. Like Russell was switching off of Steph and leaving Steven Adams and <laughs> Serge Ibaka on Steph. I'm like, yeah. oh, don't do that. Yeah, was, That's like he, Steph is basically picking and choosing who he wants to go at simply by running, you know, running you – into into a bunch of traffic with some big men forcing a big man to, to to switch. Yeah. So Steph was manipulating that situation all night long. And I and I think he that's what I'm saying. I, this idea that you can come up with a gimmick or some kind of scheme to stop him to me doesn't factor that into it, Rick. That he's he's out there forcing you to do things, you know, to deal with him. It's not like he's just out there running around and getting lucky that he's getting open to make a shot from 30 feet. <laughs> right. I mean, this is a calculated right. thing. Yeah. You know, and then they talk about, well, he's light. You know, you knock him down, da, da. He, he's, he's as effective around the basket as he is from 35 feet. I mean, he's, nope. let's just give him his credit. I mean, he's he's got the league in the palm of his hand right now. Period. Yeah, and he has a great is a great support cast yeah. that that is okay with him doing the things he's doing. You don't get you don't get any envy or jealousy. Right. You know, he supports them; they support him. Right. They make each other's lives easier on the floor. They celebrate each other. It's uh, it's a rare combination, man. Yeah, and that's that's what I love about that team. Somebody brought this up, Lane. Um, you know that one of the problems you see with all the drama coming out of Cleveland right now is that. You know, Kyrie and Kevin Love are trying to figure out the pecking order and who you know goes what. The the Warriors don't have that issue. Clay, if you ever hear Clay Thompson talk, he's always talking about Steph. Like, there's no question Steph is the number one option. He's the, you know, he's the guy that makes us go. But he and Draymond are completely comfortable in the roles they play on that team. My point around the the the, 
the character of these players and the synergy and the cohesion um, with the Warriors mm-hmm. is that, you know, a lot of this is, is cellular mem- memory. Mm-hmm. Steph having done this for so many years, being in these arenas, right. growing up with an NBA backdrop to his life. Yeah. Um, he's comfortable, right? And you brought the point up about, you know, Clay Thompson celebrating you know, Steph and Draymond celebrating that they're not being any issues. You forget that Clay Thompson grew up in the NBA. Right. He grew up in NBA arenas being a ball boy. Yeah. His dad, Michael Thompson, I know, because I, I I would say hello to Clay Thompson in the locker room of in Portland every time I came through the play. <laughs> so you have two, you have a backcourt that potentially, you know, goes down as maybe the best shooting backcourt in the history of the game. Right. That basically have been in NBA arena since they were five, if not yeah. earlier. Yeah. Been ball boys shooting around for 10, 15, 20 years before they even made it to the NBA. So all of this is second nature to them. Right. It's second nature. So I think of like Chris Paul's son. I think of Carmelo Anthony's son. When we see them at the all-star game doing stuff at, you know, in participation out on the floor, I think, well, here's the next wave or generation of kids yeah. from some of the, some of the game's greats in this era whose sons you know have been doing press conferences and right. out on the floor shooting around since they were three think of chris paul's son he's been around forever <laughs> little chris baby well they, that was you know, that when, when they get their opportunity it's it's gonna it won't be like they're stepping into the scene for the first time at 21 when they were drafted you know right right, right, right. Just, well there was a little what was it during the all-star game or saturday Junior night dunk all, contest yeah, yeah they had a little dunk contest with like cayenne <laughs> exactly. uh, uh carmelo's son and and chris yeah. paul's son and yeah those that's how guys you do are, it though i mean it's you're right rick it is kind of it's in their dna if you really think about it um being in the league and you know and understanding how to handle this right now um because what they're doing is special, and everybody agrees with that, I think. No matter how much criticism you want to level at the the way the game is played now compared to, you know, yesteryear, anytime you put together the kind of run they're putting together right now, that's special. Um, the only games of one-on-one Steph Curry probably played with Muggsy Bogues or right. Pros and other guys when they were 10, 12, 15, just shooting around. They've been playing against Pros since he'd been a pro since he was five. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Draymond, um, and I, I want to make sure we check out this uh, time we spent with him at All-Star Weekend in Toronto here, an interview Lang and I got to do, uh, Rick. Check check out some of what Draymond had to say about this season and what's going on with the Warriors. Zaku Smith and Lang Whitaker here with the Hangtime Podcast. What's it like for you guys? I know the, the, the magic carpet ride of a championship, but then to come back and crank it up even more this year, I mean – where did that come from, all of you guys? Just to really come back on this run, you know, after winning the championship, you know, it's been incredible. Uh, the level of focus, you know, that's one thing coming into this season where we said one thing we have to get better at is our focus. Mm-hmm. And I think in order to be 48-4, and four, you have to be focused. And so, you know, especially coming into the season with all the doubt, you know, everybody's saying, oh, they're lucky, you know, to, to win a championship. They didn't do this. And, you know, human nature, when, some, when someone constantly says something, I think if we come into the season on a bad start, you can possibly believe that. Right. Us getting off to that start, I think it, you know, regardless of how confident we were, it really shored that confidence up. 
and it kind of put everybody else in check as well. <laughs> you said one thing you wanted to get better on was consistency. What else did you guys want to improve on? Uh, our offensive flow. You know, I think last lot, sometimes last year we would kind of have loss. Um, I think we've gotten better with that. Knowing, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we always talk about like something as simple as like, all right, they've scored four times down. We haven't. We know exactly what to go to to get a bucket. Right. Or if we're not, but we're going to get a great shot. Right. And I think that um, just something as simple as that shows growth. You know, we don't have to. All right, they score four times. Steph, go get us a bucket. Right. You know, we can help him with that now. And so I think that's one of the biggest things, and it's something that's so small, but it makes a huge difference because at some point you always need to stop the bleeding, right. and we know exactly how to do that. Now. Right. Does the nature of and you, you talked about that, this, the doubt. Does the nature of that beast inspire the entire group? Because it looks like, you know, not just three All-Stars playing well, but sometimes y'all out there and it's like, Looks like Everybody's a, in the matrix. Looks like the <laughs> I mean, is that just a thing that has trickled throughout that roster now? That, Absolutely. You know. you know, we have a lot of guys who are hungry. Um, we have a lot of guys who have been disrespected, not only like this past summer, but throughout their entire careers. Yeah. And um, we play with that chip on our shoulder. And I think that makes a huge difference in who we are because we, we never come out like, ah, whatever. No, we think we got something to prove every time we step on the floor. Sure. And so I think that's that's important. Yeah. When did you become a triple-double machine? <laughs> like, how did this happen? <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Um, I just have – I mean, honestly, I have great teammates. You know, I I pass the ball, they make shots. I can make those same passes. And if they don't make the shots, I don't get a triple-double, you know. So, yeah. you know, really just playing with these guys um, where – we know each other, you know, so I know if I fly in the paint and I'm lost in there and I got nowhere to go, I know where my outlet is. And all that stuff makes a difference. It's not, I can't come on here and just say, oh, I came a triple double machine because I did this. Nah, I got great teammates and we all work great together. It's going to be enjoyable to, to watch y'all finish out this season. Um, you know, and so much of it is not seeing y'all coming. You know, it's nice to finally see a team that comes out of nowhere and does what, what y'all have been doing, um, even with a Spartan or two in the mix, <laughs> giving us the business all the time, man. Congratulations oh, again. A lot. Do you guys have Thank a 25 you. and 5 finish in you? I think, I think we do, hopefully. But um, 25 and 5 is what it'll take to <laughs> set the record. I figured that's what you was getting at, so I just played <laughs> along with it. I think we can do that. But once again, you know, I've said it before, that's one of those things where we don't talk about it. Yeah. But it would be we would love to do it. I'm sure. And so if we do, great. If not, we still need to get this championship. That's more important than right. anything. Right. No I'm with you, man. Go Spartans. Eyes on the prize. Shut go up. green. Yeah, go green. Let's go. No shame in Draymond's game. Um <laughs> He made a play last night in that Hawks game uh-huh. that I, I I've watched it twenty times oh, in the, the last twelve the wild hours. Three chucked up? No, no, no. The or three was amazing. But he made a steal where he was running full speed down the court and he somehow just ripped it out of the hands of, I think it was Cephalosha and mm-hmm. flung it back in bounds. And when it happened live, I was like, okay, he fouled him. They just didn't call it. And then you, and then I thought, okay, he took four steps. And then I thought, okay, he stepped out of bounds, but he didn't do any of that. Somehow he did it. <laughs> he, he chased him down, yanked the ball out of his hands, kept his feet in bounds, flipped it back in and saved it. Mm-hmm. 
it's one of the most amazing plays I've seen this season. And it's a kind of play you might think a point guard might be able to make, not a guy who's playing center in an NBA game. <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. He's a, Listen, they, Rick, you said you nailed it earlier. Steph is playing on another planet, but he's got the perfect supporting cast yeah. around him. You know, these guys fit together perfectly as a group. And um, they're making – they're making this season something special to me because they're, no matter how they finish, whether they get 73 and win another title or not, they'll have they'll have made this season a, a unique ride, you know, um, no matter what they do. Because they're a story, win or lose. Um, yeah. You know, whether they smash all these records or not and, and get back to the championship. I can't imagine not seeing them in June um, playing for a, a title again. It'll be – It'll be an epic upset if they don't make it back to the finals. You, you know what? The other play that I can't get out of my head that it stuck with me, and I think it was maybe the smartest play I've seen this season, was mm-hmm. when they trapped Durant at the end of the game and didn't foul him. Yeah. Like, how many times do you see teams either get anxious and commit the foul or, or forget what they're supposed to do or whatever, but the clock was running their chance of winning the game was running out and they just stood there and trapped him and, yeah. and he turned it over. Like it was just such a smart play that they managed to do. Rick, answer me a question right quick. Why don't teams trap Steph? Like why don't more teams try and trap him? Well, well, he gives it up quickly. Right. He, he doesn't, he doesn't hold on to it. And, mm-hmm. and the ball movement is so, so quick and unselfish mm-hmm. and the shooters that are such threats, uh, create such versatility that you take it out of his hands, um, which is a great idea, but then you're, you're taking it out of, the, out of his hands with the floor stretched mm-hmm. so far, you know, like that you have to now make it, you have to be in a chase from 50, 45 feet, you know, right. 40 I can, feet. I, I can answer this a lot more succinctly. Just watch the last play of the Warriors Sixers game. <laughs> Yeah, when he gives it yeah. to Draymond and Draymond finds Harrison Barnes in the corner and they, knocks they down doubled, three. Yeah. They doubled Steph. He threw it to Draymond, and then you had wide open Harrison Barnes so, and Clay Thompson on the other side. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Good point. Good point. It's, it works like clockwork, baby. Kind of like me in bragging rights. Oh, no. oh my god! It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. I say that not knowing whether or not I'm still in first place. So um, fingers are crossed. Rabbit's foot rubbed. What what do we got for numbers this week, Ray? All right, so actually Lang would have bragging rights oh, this week. He was no. 3-0. Wow. Lang was 2-1, and one and uh, Rick 0-3. I was 0-3? Mm. 0-3. Mm. Wow. Come on, Rick. Wow. Echo Fox. <laughs> Echo Fox is six games off the lead right now. Sheesh. Damn, we're running out of time. What's the season standings? What are we at in the season standings? Uh, Seiko and Lang are actually tied for first, 21 and 15. Oh, man. I, Whoa, I don't like to I, share. Holy like cow. You won't have to share second place. Don't 15 worry. 15 and 21. <laughs> I don't like sharing. So let's do the uh, – let's let's start off with uh, Thursday's game, and this will be round three for these guys. Let's do it. OKC at Golden State. Warriors? Yeah, I'm going with the Warriors. Warriors. OKC. Let's take some bravery, I Rick, to be in dead last and to take the thunder. Good for you. Yeah, take some chances. Good for you. Second game, Friday night, Portland at Toronto. Ooh. Oh, man. Point guard showcase. Yeah, boy. That's backcourt jungle right there. Uh, Saw Portland here last night, and they're really impressive. 
Is Kyle and, Lowry uh, back? I believe he is, and I'm I'm going to take Toronto. I like how you set that up. Yeah. Thanks. I love what Damian Lillard's doing, but I think they're going to have a hard time winning in the North, so I'm going to go with the Raptors. We're going Portland. There you Come go, Come on, Ray. Lillard. Come on, McCullum. <laughs> and then McCollum? final game will be next Monday. McCollum. Spurs at Pacers. Spurs. Random. Spurs. Yeah, Spurs. Come on. They've only won 50 games for like the 170th straight season. Um, I'm going Spurs. I'm going Spurs. Same, yeah. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Well, well there you have it. Rick wins bright wins. <laughs> Listen, you got a better chance of winning bragging rights than you do of staying alive in Sharknado 7 since you only made nine seconds. Um, and <laughs> I'm not officially dead. <laughs> uh, shoot. Listen, uh, enjoy the games this weekend, boys. Um, we'll we'll get back here next week and see if the Warriors are still rocking and rolling, see, see how they fared in these next few games here um, as they try and chase down the Bulls in that 72-win season and surpass it. Big ups to uh, Draymond Green for sitting down with us during All-Star Weekend um, and letting us play with him a little bit and clown him a little bit and him clown us. And uh, it's nice to hear Rick Barry's opinions on Steph, uh, courtesy of our friends at Sirius XM Radio. We will see you right here next week on the Hang Time Podcast. Later. Thanks for listening to the Hang Time Podcast. To download more episodes of the show, visit the iTunes Music Store. And be sure to check out the Hang Time blog on NBA.com. And as always, say Kuna Matata.